Welcome to Sudbury Stories. Sudbury is full of amazing individuals that are doing some incredible things, making this city a better place. It's my goal to get the word out about good news stories local to Sudbury and highlight those individuals like Cliff here that are having an impact in making Sudbury a better place to live. Correct response. What is my hometown, Sudbury, Ontario? Cliff is an energetic branding expert with an infectious personality. He holds a degree in new media from Laurentian University alongside long-standing experience working as a videographer for CTV News. Cliff has developed into a skilled video producer, marketer, and media strategist. For him, marketing is a playground to explore human behavior. He represents brands that have included New Sudbury Shopping Center, the Sudbury Real Estate Board, and that's where I first met Cliff, and heading up the SWSE, Sudbury Wolves Sports Entertainment Company, where he's worked with Dario on revolutionizing the Sudbury Wolves, the Sudbury Spartans, and creating the branding and marketing behind the Sudbury Five. Super excited today. That's exciting. That's exciting. Thank you for having me. Uh, you, so what's funny is you said, so part of that bio you grabbed from the LinkedIn, website yes. or LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And um, so I had to write that about myself. And if there's something that I can't stand. Is writing it from the personal? Yeah, it's really challenging. And I think if anybody like that follows me, they would probably think the opposite, right? So I've had people say, you know, this <laughs> sounds bad, but like talking about yourself or bragging or whatever it is comes natural, but it isn't. Yeah. It's actually super challenging. I realized at a certain point that I had to do it, but like if I'm writing for other people and about other people, I love that. So when you read that intro piece, part of it makes me cringe, right? Like I'm like, oh, yeah. But it comes off awkward a little bit and I can see. Yeah. I, I think part of it too is like you're out there, you're a marketer, you're, you're, you're an expert at putting people's best foot forward. And mm. you know that you have to put your best foot forward. Oh, yeah. That's why you come across with so much passion and so much energy and yeah. so much like uh, knowledge when you're on the mic. Yeah. But, like, people don't understand that that takes work to get there. Oh, 100%. So I'll tell you, when I first uh, started at... Where, where do I start this? Okay, I'll start at when I was in school. I was taking new media. We were taking a, doing a lot of like video journalism type stuff. And I still have a video recording of one of the stories I covered. Yeah. And I swear to God, it's like there's, it's like completely vapid. No, like, hi, my name is Cliff. And like the fear to move my face, then transition over to CTV where I did uh, stories there. I did everything in the building, like video, editing, directing, uh, uh, recording as well. And I still have those stories. And those ones are painful too, because I remember, because early on you, I don't know, for me at least, I was questioning what my voice should sound like. Yeah. And so I was trying to sound like other people. So it was like this really cheap, cheesy imitation of a news reporter. <laughs> so it would be like, and when the man came walking in the house, I saw him. Like it was just, what are you doing, man? It, it's, it's so tough because I think people have this, when you start doing anything, first of all, it takes reps. And yep. in this podcast, like, we're not, I'm definitely not an expert and I feel like I've got better as I do episodes, but it's a constant learning and growth process and mm-hmm. like, we have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. But also, we have an idea that we're supposed to be something mm-hmm. and especially in the, the idea of marketing or when you're on a, like, we're videotaping this, we're mm-hmm. audiotaping this and like, we have this idea that it's supposed to sound like something or be something Yeah. and if we can just get that through our minds that it's supposed to be like ourselves. Yeah then it's going to come off awesome. Yeah. But if yeah. it's like, if we're trying to be like, oh, Gary Vee, or... Oh, you know, like yeah, this, yeah, there's so many. Is, yeah. Then it's just like, it will never be that person. No, because you're not that person. And uh, this is what I try, like, as a daily practice. 
I don't meditate, but maybe what this is is a form of that, is I try to think about the things in the past that my brain's going over, and then I'm thinking about the things in the future. Those are happening for most of us at once, and I try my best to just squish them down into the now, right? Okay. So and, and so I'm trying to take what's happening there, and I, I start to think literally, I start to bring those items closer to me. So if the past is a year ago, I, start, I try to bring it to six months, to a month, to a week, to a day, to an hour, to a minute, and I bring it close to me and I do the same with the future and I bring it into myself and I feel like it allows me to get in a, just a state of flow, a state of being, a state of just existing now. So, so, if I, like, so you, you think about memories that are past years? Yeah, memories. Like projects you worked on or like, what are you thinking about when you're trying to- Day to day it's different, right? Because it, it's hard to really say what your brain could get focused on and, and, and we could kind of get focused in on particular events uh, sometimes those events have to do with uh, uh, something we could have done better yeah. or something we're worried about in the future just whatever it is right and I will think of the literal thing and sometimes I'll actually do direct comparisons so let's say if it's something in the future I'm worried about I'll start to think about the past a situation I had similar to that and how I managed it and then I try to just bring those moments, those memories closer to the right now. Yeah. So and it really helps me. It's visualizing and it's kind of putting into play. Like I know a lot of sports people are like picturing themselves scoring that goal or kicking that winning game. Yeah. I do. So I learned this piece of advice I got from Tim Ferriss just listening to his podcast. Have yeah. you listened to him? Of course. Yeah. Love Tim Ferriss. And this piece of advice, I was... I was floored because it was something that I had done something similar to. He just helped me uh, uh, justify that there was some logic to this. And instead of picturing the best case scenario, he pictures the worst case scenario. It is genius. Really? Right? It is genius to me. It sounds like it's almost like like I'm, a, I'm, I'm proud that I'm such an optimistic person. So, But if I have to picture the worst case scenario, then I would just be like... Yeah. It would be tough to get in that mindset. What ends up happening is those terrible things, they're not super clear. And so we have a tendency to want to look away from something when facing it, like exposure therapy is what helps you adjust to said thing, right? And so picturing the worst case scenario, let's say public speaking, that's the one everyone's afraid of. Yeah. Uh, I, I had my major anxieties with public speaking and now I do it, you know, very regularly. Yeah. And, uh, I once I took that moment to go, okay, what could happen up there? Like what, let's think this through outside of death. Like my heart could just stop up there. Okay. Well, I don't control that. Um, my brain could go blank on words. Okay. Well, visualize that picture it. What would that feel like? Uh, you know, all of the, what if your pants could fall down, right? All of these things could happen. And then I go, what does 24 hours later look like? Yeah. And I'm still me. I'm still Cliff. I still have my family that loves me. I still have my friends that hopefully will be laughing at me, right? Because that's all I want. All I've ever wanted to do was make my friends laugh really? at me. It's that's all I care about. Yeah. It's where it all starts and ends really? with me. Yeah, it's all I care about. It's the funniest. It's, you like, Was that like grade four and you wanted to be the class clown? I was always the class clown. Yeah. I was always like... I don't necessarily need to be funny by making fun of somebody else, although I will do that. Yeah. Uh, I think my my bread and butter comedy was just making fun of myself, <laughs> tripping, falling, like yeah. acting a fool, yeah. right? Um, but where that helps, I think, is with the ego, right? Brings you down, back down, levels you out a little bit. Yeah, like 
you, yeah, person, right? so. <laughs> that it helps me because yeah. if I act and start to pretend that I'm so cool and I can't make a mistake, then you don't want to do anything because if you'll break that identity you created for yourself. It's so true that like in you're not going to do anything, you're not going to grow personally unless you're out of your comfort zone. Mm. You know, like you have to be out of your comfort zone to be able to. Do it. <laughs> I almost wish to walk on a stage in front of a group of people and like step on my shoelace, fall down. And like bounce my head off the ground, like not get injured, yeah. but like I want that humiliating thing to happen. This is the worst it can be. And then get up and just be like, what? you know, whatever. Like, <laughs> that sucked, but and it's like it, like we're in the business of sales and things like that, and like that's where like we'll talk to a lot of people. And like, if you can't handle that constant rejection, then it's probably not the right business for you to be in. Because this is all rejection. <laughs> it's, it's almost like, all rejection. And when like whether you're in sales of real estate or sales of like you're running your own business now for mm-hmm. seven seven years plus or like when, it's ten years now. Ten seven, years. Yes. Well, seven years. Uh, yeah, seven years under Launchpad, and then three years before that as your media productions. And a so a decade. I'm That's a decade crazy. in. It's crazy to me. It makes no sense. Like and, and uh, like. I kind of in that the same boat where like you yeah. probably feel like the youngest guy in the room on in most rooms, and then all of a sudden you're not. <laughs> I know, I know, no, no, it like happened like that, right? It's like uh, at my office, I'm not the youngest one in that room anymore. Far. Yeah, <laughs> don't say by far, I, David. I don't say. <laughs> I look around and I'm like, well, no. my gosh, there's a lot of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, and, and I, I love it. I mean, a lot of my clients, I will say, I'm still the youngest guy in the room. <laughs> you know? Especially somebody that you're bigger, biggest, like you're big, and like when I'm yeah. thinking the clients that you have out there, like I just think of Dairy when like several like several wolves and sports entertainment. You've done amazing things there. Thank you, I like, appreciate that. And like, I feel like it was a little bit of Dario bringing a lot of new blood and a lot of new energy to it, yeah. but then also bringing somebody like you on that's been able to just like like the two one plus one does not equal two in that situation; Mm-mm. it equals a hundred, right? So, oh, thank you. I like that. That's really. I'm gonna. Write that one down. Uh, check my Twitter. Cliff, original post I just came up with, not David Kurt. That's how I started. But, but like, talk me through it. So, like, what was that like? Like, how did did he interview for that? Like, did you have to meet the, him for coffee? Or, like, what the, was that process like? The timeliness? Sorry, I thought I was yeah. totally cutting you off. What a dick. Uh, <laughs> I was just so excited to jump in there. Um, the timeliness of this question is great because I actually just spent the morning with Dario. Perfect. And um, we talked about these things, interestingly enough. You know, around the holiday season two, oh, I shouldn't really even mention the time. Like, it could be any time, place, or at this point. So let's say it was around the holiday season and you get nostalgic. So we were getting nostalgic. We've been working together about three, four years now. I don't know the exact number. And again, it always kind of comes down to, it does help when you know people and you do good work. And so we knew somebody in common, um, Audrey, whose sister is married to his brother. Okay. I love Audrey. She's the best. And um, kind of just made that connection. And so Dario came over to my office and we sat down and I remember just thinking this guy was so interesting. Now, I'll admit it, I didn't really know the Zulich family before that meeting, even though a lot of people in the community knew them, they were kind of known, even though they, he hadn't quite bought the wolves yet. He He's, wasn't as public. He wasn't as public. Yeah. So I didn't really know, know them. So he comes in, he's probably about 6'2", I would say. 6'2", got the shirt on, like the spunda here, he's like got the gold, he's the got the gold chain. chain, he's got this kind of slick back, like hair, like he was just like a character. I was like, this guy is so interesting. I don't know who he is, <laughs> but I like him. Yeah. And he sat in our boardroom and we just started laying out the plan of what, everything he wanted to do, everything from building this great big event center in the north. 
uh, you know, project worth hundreds of millions of dollars to, you know, buying an OHL team and, you know, everything that developed from there. So, wow. Yeah. yeah. And it's just like, so, but he was so receptive to being so creative with things. He's wildly interesting. And, and it's hard for me to even express how because you can't put him in a box. So sometimes he wants to be really close to things. And sometimes he just trusts the team. He puts the right people in place. You know, putting Scott Lund in place as the CEO, that's a baller move. Like in this town, yeah. like if you know Scott Lund and... He's got the contacts, he's got the... <laughs> and he's got the personality for yeah. it, right? He's got the temperament for it. Like there's a lot of stuff going on. We meet once a week with them and we go through everything that's going on with the Wolves, the Five, uh, you know, the organization, Spartans. Um and, 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 and Scott's just got a great temperament. He's just built for it. Yeah. Even when things are feeling rough and scary, he's very just like, yeah. he, here, here, I'll give you a story. I don't know how long we have, so I'll try yeah, just no cut me off if I'm going on too long. But I'll give you the example of the Sudbury Five. Yeah. All right. It comes to a point where Dario buys a professional basketball team, the NBLC, National Basketball League Canada. Yeah. Nobody in the city has any idea what this is. And... To be quite frank, people are suspicious that he's just saying this to get a press release in the newspaper and to get media coverage to serve the bigger purpose of an arena. An arena. So that's the, the accusation from some people. And other people are kind of excited about it. And then we're involved with that messaging. And then we also face um, things that go on in that scenario. There's certain people that will also say, look, Launchpad's just doing this for a PR moment, right? And I get it. I understand why you would say that, they right? They can think what they want to think. They can think what, uh, and I, I've, I've been skeptical to many things that became a great thing, right? Yeah. I was skeptical of the Raptors forever. And like, <laughs> don't good. listen to me right, for this particular thing. So um, I just, they're working with the information they have. We were working with the information we had. Now we come to the point where we start branding this thing, start building towards um, launch. a launch, right? And I remember we do the launch party. So we come up with the name, I think in a pretty interesting way. We hold an online vote. We get hundreds of entries. We shortlist it and then we lock ourselves in a room for approximately two hours. We're not allowed to leave the room until we decide on a name. Perfect. Right? We can't even let the and client. Like so just... Dario's in the room. Scott's in the room. Bob Davidson's in the room. Uh, sorry, did I use... Yourself? Uh, uh, myself, I'm in the room. Um, uh, Jason's in the room with us. Uh... I'm just trying to remember everybody that was in that room. Yeah, there, there was a few people in that room. Uh, Andrew's in the room. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we're all in the room. We lock ourselves in there and we say, listen, we got to go no matter what, right? And we thrashed in that room. Like, we thrashed back and forth. It should be this. Like, there was a few times, like, we almost 100% were like, this is the name. And we almost walked out with a very different name than what we went with. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know, right? I ain't telling you nothing. <laughs> All right, say that. <laughs> and um, so we decided on that name, and we knew going on, going in, it was a risky name. It's a little unique. It's different. It's unique. And the first time I heard it, I'm like, oh, really? yeah, yeah, that. And then it grows on you, and since then, I've loved it. But yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. It was a, like I, I was second guessing it the first time I heard it. One hundred percent. And you know what? Oh man, I just spilled some tea. Sorry, buddy. It's just a little dollop right there. Just a little. I'll get that. Um, so I, I got that. We actually knew that. We planned on that. Like that was part of the plan. Whenever you're launching something, 
my theory is, and the theory of like a lot of people that I read their stuff, is that PR is more powerful than marketing. Yeah. Marketing is more powerful once you're um, there, established, yeah. but your PR moments are your moments where you blast on the scene. So we have to use every trick in the book in those moments. And, and one of the tricks is don't come out with a generic name. Yeah. Don't come, come out with a name that makes people go, <laughs> this doesn't work for all situations, right? And again, this was the debate in the room that we went back and forth on yeah. is that, you know, come up with something where they're like, I don't even know how to say that. Or how do you, what is it? The, like the fivers? Or is, is it, it a thing? number? Is it a word? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, what's your reasoning? Here's our reason. Those are dumb reasons. It's like, yeah, but those are the reasons we chose. So, I mean, anything's a dumb reason. So, so it just, you know, there was nerves leading up. We got some criticism. We got a hilarious video of somebody just ripping us apart. I call it the Timbit video. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see that one? No, I didn't this see guy that. goes out afterwards and he um, he just talks talks trash, right? Oh, and he's God. eating Timbit. He? <laughs> he does a video. <laughs> and he's eating Timbits and then he goes, these are all the reasons why I hate this. It was really funny, man. Like, it was funny but annoying because it yeah. sucks because you're always like... You, you, you're hurting someone. And you feel vulnerable, too. Yeah, like, we're not... like. We're not in like in this position. Sorry, I'm losing the toque. I'm getting warm. Uh, we're not in the position where, um, you know, like you don't want to fail too many times, right? Otherwise, you're done. So you started. Yeah. You're putting yourself out there. Like this is your heart and soul. You got it. But the video is pretty funny. <laughs> the video is funny. The video. I'll have to the, the, check it. Yeah, the Timbit video is funny. It gets like over 500 shares. So part of you is like, like lo locally, that's a viral video, oh, right? Course, yeah. um, and part of you is like, oh, no, what have we done? But also, you're like, all of these people are talking about it. And we were also trying to sell. Oh, yeah, sorry. I just want to correct something. I said the name Bob Johns, uh, yeah. Bob uh, Davidson. I meant to say Bob Johnson. <laughs> I worked with a guy named Bob Davidson back in the day. Um, and so we were, we were going to sell some merch and, and, and things like this. And they weren't really selling yet because there was nothing. We were selling an idea. There was no team there. People didn't need, I don't think people believed it was going to happen up until game one. I, like, I was aware of the league because, yeah. like, uh, my uncle's actually, like, the, the he's on the court in the London. Like, he's he knows the owner. So, he's the big yeah. guy who's up in like, oh, the dope. Guy and dope. Like that. So, I'm, as soon as I heard about this, I'm like, I need to get season tickets on the floor because these things are not going to be available. Yeah. You yeah. know, like, once, you, once they go, nobody's, yeah. there's going to be no opportunity to buy these things anymore. So. You got it. And I was lucky, too. One of my best friends, yes. The most dangerous three-letter words. Look him up. Dead celebrity status. He had uh, he had been there. He's a big fan. So yeah. he'd tell me about them all the time. He went to London quite a bit. And uh, yeah, so I knew about them. Um, so it was really exciting. It was super exciting for us. Of course. And then you get to be in a room. You get to create this brand. So like, and, and I'm sure you look back at this video now, this Timbits video you refer to, and you just be like, ha ha. Hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. He's one of the number one fans, too. He's there all the time. He's hitting a cowbell all the oh, time. Okay, yeah, I hear the You cowbell. know which guy? Yeah. 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 Like, That's him. That's him. Player's bench, basically. <laughs> he's come up to me and said, hey, you know, no hard feelings. I was just a little on the fence about it. And he's cool about he's it. He's a passionate guy. He's super passionate. He's passionate about whether failure, like success or failure. And you've been able to prove that this is success here, so. and if you're gonna do this if you're gonna put yourself out there people are gonna come at you hard you got to be ready to handle it exactly thick skin right, right? Yeah. So, yeah yeah but that's awesome like, so, <laughs> like uh, i like i said i was kind of skeptical at the first and you know part of the reason that we're so excited about it is we've got the season opener coming up you got it yeah like, got well it. we've had uh, two games already which have been like uh, amazing. two exhibition games two yeah. exhibition games but like the season opener is coming up 27th 
Well, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> the season over is coming up very shortly. Yeah, very shortly, and yeah. And like, it's, it's like, I love that you guys are doing the, like, the post reactions to the games and yep. filming people behind the scenes. Oh, I love it's it. It's just like, there's nothing like this. We're something. building a community, right? And and I, I had a suspicion since for a while that basketball would do good here, even though people didn't think so. When I went to high school... Um, I won't say exactly when. Uh, <laughs> when I went to high school, basketball was huge, and I knew all those people were old enough to now be, you know, grown-ups with their own families. Caring about the stuff. Excuse me. Um, and so I had a feeling it was going to do really well. So, yeah, we've sold tons of tickets to the home opener already. It's going to be packed. you got to get and get your tickets. What's yeah. crazy is, like, so I, last year I was able to, like, I've got our couple of tickets, like, that are courtside, and sometimes I'll be able to get the tickets behind me. I went and looked at it. And they're almost all sold out. They were behind wild. us on the course for season tickets. Like yeah. it's hard to get any of those tickets. Yeah, so many people are in town for the holidays, right? So they want to go check it out. It's it's and like it was the, the season opener last year, and I had to miss out on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel Aww. like I missed out on a few, few games. Like it was a, but it was just like up, like there was no seats available. And yeah, you opened up the the end zone, and there was still standing room and everything. Um, oh, super important though to point out. Like that's not. You know, and, and I know you're not implying that. I just want to make sure it doesn't get confused that we're not, we're a part of a team of people that are doing yeah, incredible yeah. stuff. Like yeah. the vision of Dario, the organization, and the belief of Scott. Um, just eat, like event management people, day of. Like there's just Miranda Swain, the work she does. Like that's one of the, the people in this city that doesn't get enough credit really? like a lot of people don't even know who yeah, she is like, she doing? is the i think her exact position might be marketing director i think yeah. um but she runs almost everything marketing wise yeah for the wolves and for the five now people that know her that deal with her know she's like incredible she's the, the go-to, yeah. but she is like one of the she major glues oh yeah she's so good she's so smart she's so driven yeah because i feel like like I'm sure that you like you're you're a creative company. You were involved with the creative behind the, the actual like launch of uh, yes. Revive. Yep. And and I think people look to you like they see you at every game. They yeah, 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 yeah. Jason, like they see that yeah, yeah. you guys are there. You guys are being like the number one celebrity. Like, yeah, yeah. Celebrities, the number one kind of cheerleaders. Yeah, we are. Right, the Ron Rod guys. Yeah, we believe in it. Right. Well, we try to do that with all the brands we work with. I think that's an important piece of advice that uh, I when I read. Uh, on branding, on marketing, on advertising. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, David Ogilvie, that's one of his greatest pieces of advice is that always invest in your clients, Yeah. right? Don't just work with them and do the work. Like if you have an opportunity to buy stocks in the company, you buy stocks in that company. If you have an opportunity to shop with them, you shop with them. You spend your money, your time, your 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 input, your interest in them. It goes back to what you said is that you're not, you're not just like creating marketing plans and advertising campaigns. <laughs> you're building communities. That's it. And you have to, like, you're a part of that community. Yeah. yeah right? so like, I like to be fully connected. Yeah, definitely. So like, but let's, let's kind of bring it back. So 10 years in the business uh, and like, is that the, is this one of the most successful though? Obviously like it's, it's one of the bigger, uh, locally. Yeah. You would local, say like, that you get like kind of the more recognition, but is it, one it's of a the, great case study, right? Is it one of the, the funnest projects you've worked on? Is there Jeez. other fun projects you've no. worked on? No, I mean, I don't know which one's the funnest because we get to do so many cool things. I mean, early in my career, when I first left, uh, CTV, I, uh, I created a local TV show. I created a show called the episode. Uh, I've never seen you at the like SRO or something like that. Yeah, yeah filming. The it was a weekly television show. We did thirty-two episodes. I remember the people I worked with at CTV said I'd never be able to pull it off. I did because I'm stubborn. Uh, <laughs> so we, that's what you need to drive what, you. Oh yeah, that that stuff drives me. And 
there was a, it was a live studio audience. It was basically like a late night talk show slash variety show. That was so fun uh, working on Graphicon fan convention. Well, I was gonna say like, like you've got so much like Graphicon uh, under the movie night. The movie stars. night on the stars was a like, great fun. Small and, like I'm like it's just such a great. Idea. Yeah, we bought a big twenty foot blow up screen and we do movies. I love movies. That's what I want to uh, be involved with. Uh, yeah, we've worked on tons. Science North uh, Beyond uh, Human Limits project was incredibly fun. Yeah, we've had crazy opportunities um, in like in Sudbury and outside of Sudbury. I mean, I do some great projects. Oh, sorry about that. My chair's making some noises. Uh, yeah, with uh, we work with a company called Electric Panda Entertainment, and they're in the movie industry. They produce movies, and we've gotten to do some marketing and branding with them. So you went out to TIFF a few times and stuff like that. Like, is that what, what that's been? Yeah, well, we sponsor a TIFF party every year. So Launchpad sponsors this party. Okay. Electric Panda, Electric Panda puts it on. Yeah. It's done at Speakeasy Twenty One, um, downtown Toronto. And uh, yeah, it's so fun. We have all sorts of interesting people, celebrities, producers, directors come out to it. Amazing. Um, this year I was able to actually get a local Cinefest uh, CEO, Tammy Frick, came out to it. So she got to experience it. She's really cool. Yeah, yeah, she got to experience it firsthand. We get interesting people that come out to it. So it's tied us into this whole other market. Uh, within the movie industry, that's been really interesting. Amazing, you know, that's a, like obviously from what you introduced us. That's one of your passions. So. Uh, it's a huge passion. I love movies. Yeah. Right. I've helped to raise some money for movies, and and I can't wait uh, to get more involved with that. Is that kind of where you see yourself growing long term, like the next ten years out? Like, you yeah. These kind of channels. Or yeah. Well, I love the idea of marketing, helping to market some of these projects and brand them. Yeah. But person, like a personal goal of mine is to. To, to direct a movie one day. To direct a movie. Yeah, yeah, I'm calling it out right here. Have you, have you done it before? <laughs> have you done any eh, Small stuff. Yeah, yeah small like uh, like short shorts and, and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I want to direct a feature film do one day. Have, uh, do you have like a, a topic or like... Yeah, many, many. Yeah. So many, so many. Like so a lifetime. Yeah, a lifetime. <laughs> like I want to do a... I'm going to do a documentary first. I've got a few ones that are... Uh, uh, yeah, what do you call it? Irons in the fire. Yeah. Um, so it's just I've got some concepts put together. I'll do a raise at some point, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. I, I do think in the like you kind of touched on it a little bit with Graphicon and with Movie Day Under the Stars, but I find you have a really and this is I'm sure not just you, it's your whole team, but you you guys have the, a great ability to spot white space. Okay. And then like, oh, there's a missing opportunity for this. Oh yeah. Saturday, right? like, yeah. Yeah. What like, a great way to put it. So like, how, how do you guys have that? Like, well, how does your mind work that you've always just noticed these opportunities and then jumped on them and create these? <laughs> I'm stealing that term. That's dope. Uh, because I've always felt like an outsider. So I've always felt like I was on the outside looking in. And so when you're on the outside, you're able to notice opportunities that when you're on the inside, you don't see. Yeah. Uh, that's how people get disconnected is when they're too much on the inside, they're too close to it. They don't see it i've always felt like an outsider man like i just have yeah because you you're, you're researching and you have role models in other cities and you see what they're doing there or is it just because that's just how you feel that's just how i feel that's ingrained in me i think that has a lot to do with my upbringing so you know raised by a single mother uh, uh poor um we were in a middle class neighborhood because i believe we were in some geared to income program yeah. uh mixed ethnicity so my father's from trinidad my mother's a mix of irish and and and, and uh, ojibwe and so visible minority uh, in a very Caucasian neighborhood. Yeah. So all of these things make you feel like an outsider from early on. And so you overcompensate in some areas and then you learn how to dial it back yeah. and, and kind of find your good space. And I, I 
you know, I think that early on, I was really good at promoting my friends. Like, I was the best friend to hook you, like, to hook the, you the up. Best, the best friend. I was the best friend to hook yeah. you up. Because I would sell, yeah, I would sell you like you wouldn't believe. I would, if you were interested in that person, I would sell you to that person. That was oh, <laughs> I was so, I took so much pride in that. Yeah. And so as I got older, I think I just continued to identify opportunities because I never fully felt that way with, like, uh, I guess you would say you're, like, um, your counterparts at different agencies yeah. like I, I don't feel like competition or whatever you like yeah like I don't even f- I feel like they're you know all pretty cool people but I don't necessarily feel like I different things yeah I don't feel like I fit in with them or, or that you know this is just your own insecurities you feel like they don't like you for whatever reason yeah because I have a chip on my shoulder I do I like it. Like sometimes you need that chip to drive you, right? I like it. As a business owner, like that's one thing that you need to. You need that that motivation, that push, that that drive. And you got it. And however you're gonna. (laughs) And and I'm very attracted to rebelliousness. I've always been rebellious. I've always been like Cliff, do this, and I'm like, why? Is that one of your core values? That it's core value, rebellious. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you guys like, have be like, rebellious. Like, oh yeah. Your, your yeah, yeah. Values, like, yeah, we do. We've really got twelve core values. 12 Don't core call values. me out right now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's one of the things that drives you, obviously. Mm. Yeah. It's a huge one that drives us. It's like listen, in a room full of ones, you want to be a two. And then like partnerships, like you've had an amazing ability to find these people that are like you know surround yourself by a great team and like just because yeah. I know Jason a little bit like and he was he had a song on Shameless like that's so amazing right? he, like, he had he had what he had oh yeah 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 yeah. one of his songs ended up on Shameless we're just a weird ragtag team of like of like these misfit like creatives that's what we do like that you've surrounded yourself with and obviously like it goes back to that one plus one equals ten in these situations that's what you want yeah like our diverse talents within that room within that agency launchpad creative just in case y'all didn't hear it yet i'll say it a few more times um it's wild right you know everything from video production to music production to design to coding but this is the thing these are all things we're interested in we didn't get good because we said, here's a market opportunity and let's go after this because we could sell this thing. It's like, no, we're really good at this thing. We love doing it. We've done it for free forever. And now people will pay us to do it because... Because they see value. They see value, yeah. right? And that's the biggest thing like with myself the advice that I give to people is pursue your passion. Like it, it, it actually bothers me that kids have to figure out what they want to do when they're 17 or 16 crazy. years old. Crazy. Like crazy. I, I still love to say, I don't know what I'm going to do when I grow up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because I want to do, I still want to do so many other things. Like I said, I want to direct a movie. Is it somewhat in the field of things I do? Yeah, it's in that creative component, but it's not really what I do, yeah. right? Um, I have a bunch of dreams like that, and so that's that's really good. Uh, that's good to think that I'm glad you think that way too, because uh, yeah, it's 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 a good mindset. But it, uh, like I have been definitely impressed just watching you guys from afar, and then being involved with you guys in different projects. The feeling is mutual, David. Thank you. But like, yeah, to see the people that you surround yourself with, and like obviously you guys are well known in Sudbury, and you guys have done exceptionally well for yourself to be where you are. Because uh, any small business in Sudbury that's successful is amazing. But like again, ten years in the creative, it like. It's it's a tough space to be in. It's, space uh, it's very public, like you said. You're putting your heart in your yeah. like, like with myself. Like it's like it's uh, you know shared between my clients and that kind of thing. But you guys are there when I go to the Wolves game, when I go to the Bible, whatever. You know, yeah, know. we're willing to take it on the chin. We'll take the criticism. Like I said, I like putting myself in those vulnerable positions, right? Fantastic, fantastic. Yeah. Well, this is a this is a Sudbury podcast. I want to get a little bit more local too. So, like, if you had to describe Sudbury in one sentence, what would you say? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, in one sentence, one not one word, right? One word, one sentence, like what? Uh, uh, a very beautiful, gritty underdog 
with a rebellious nature that doesn't know how great it's about to become. I love it. I love it. I love how you feel the, rebe- the rebellious uh, tone, uh, undertones to that. I am Sudbury. Yeah. You're, you're Sudbury. Yeah. I'm Sudbury. Sudbury's the people. Right? Yeah, yeah. I've got that edge to me for a reason. When I go anywhere I travel to, I wear Sudbury on my chest. Uh, I see like literally, I saw the pins when you walked in here in the downtown Sudbury pins, like everything, right? Like yeah. you, are, you are who you are. I represent, I represent Sudbury the best way I can wherever I travel. I want to show people that there is... They, a lot of people have this idea that Sudbury's a certain way. That's I, I'm trying to break all of those cliches and go like, no, no, no. There's some interesting, funny, entertaining, uh, edgy, just fu- Sorry, I'm so sorry. Just interesting people in this town. We're not a mining pickaxe town. Like, oh, we're, yeah, 100% not. Like, I can't tell you how many times people are like, oh, people are like, Oh, you don't seem like you're from Sudbury. It's like, well, you don't know what Sudbury is because yeah. I am from Sudbury, and there's a, I'm not an anomaly. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people like me here. And I find Sudbury's definitely grown, especially over the last decade. Like, to take take for example, ten years ago when you started the business, like you must have seen the growth. Like, what crazy. Is, what are you most proud of of the growth that Sudbury's achieved in that last ten years? A cultural diversity. Okay. Just seeing that so much more people of different ethnicities are here, yeah. and that. For the most people, uh, most part, people are open and accepting to that, and that we are, instead of going, oh, somebody's going to come here and steal my job, or somebody's going to come here and blah blah blah. People are going, hey, tell me about where you're from. Let me experience your food. What does that word mean? Yeah. Um, why do you wear that particular item? What does that mean to you? That I'm loving that I'm seeing people ask those questions yeah. and be really open be curious and be like receptive to like we're not backwards here yeah we're not backwards yeah you know and so i'm I'm so excited to see the rest of the world start to descend is that the right yeah start to descend upon Sudbury and that hopefully you know most of us are open to it i'm excited about that oh yeah and like like we circle back to what the growth of the Sudbury's experience over the last decade towards Mm -hmm. that is it's amazing yep i think it's just going to be continuing on that trajectory moving forward so Diversity and entertainment are the things we need to attract the professionals that we want to have in our city so that they could not just live here, but they could contribute to our economy in ways that help guys like David and his company and me and my company that we could do interesting work, but also have a sustainable economy. It comes down to like what you said when you when you guys plan an advertising campaign or whatever, it's building the building communities. Yeah. You know, building a community that's is something that like, <laughs> like is, you're super proud of. And, like, yeah. and that's kind of where, you know, we have that opportunity to grow move forward and I think having the universities and the colleges and like uh, these places where they can get educated and then yeah. get a taste of Sudbury and it's yeah. not this frigid arctic yeah. sometimes it is but sometimes <laughs> it is yeah. today good day today um, th- well there's another example so I work with the city of Sudbury to re um, uh, visit the uh, the identity uh, of of their trans uh, um, <laughs> God, what's wrong with me? Of our uh, buses, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I couldn't think of the word. So yeah, that was us. We worked with another agency on that, uh, which was really cool to collab with another agency in town. And so together we came up with the name Gova. Oh, and I love it. Oh, you love it. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Because that was another one where like, oh, they're going to kick us right in the butt. And so... Um, yeah, so Launchpad and Petrina worked together, collaborated on that, and then we worked with a company called Watt uh, out of Vancouver, and Watt was more involved with the logistics sides of things. And then uh, we were led by this just I- incredible team um, with uh, Michelle led the team from the city of Sudbury, and she is brilliant and uh, kind and thoughtful. And so it was so fun working with them. And, and so 
Yeah, that was another one of those names that we put out there and we're like, I wonder what's going to happen here. What's the reception? Because we made up a word. And, well, of course. I love making up words. <laughs> Less than market radio. That's it. That's both combined. Webster, I don't agree with you. Exactly. I don't agree with you. It's funny. Um, yeah, that, that's, and, and like, I remember it just popped up and I'm like, whoa, what, what's Gova? Yeah, yeah. kind of cool, especially because yeah. it was like on just the new buses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, slow. What's, that? what's yeah. that about kind of thing, right? Yeah. And like, I don't use transit as much as they, like I would love to kind of yeah. know, and like I think December you might be getting more transit friendly over time but the yeah. app I've been told is fantastic yeah. like if yeah. you use the app and if you're like it shows you exactly where the buses are when they're coming like all the it's gotten stuff. significantly better and a lot of that has to do with the fact the logistics that they put in place uh, and I don't fully understand this stuff I only understand as much as I think I need to um and the, the logistics they went into place with the way the the, the, the the buses. So we've got three hubs as opposed to just one hub now. So South End, New Sudbury, right? So that helps a lot. We've got rapid transit now that's more direct and, and, and faster. So, yeah, I mean, not everybody's happy. You're going to get certain people. But that, I mean, you know, from, from a... Uh, Marketing perspective, it was an incredibly fun project. And I didn't even realize you guys worked on that. Like, yeah. That's one of the, like, I look around and I love seeing the go out on the bus oh, yeah. and stuff like that in the buses. It just looks fresh and fun and creative. Right? Yeah, it worked out really well. Very happy with the work that uh, Petrina did and really happy with my team Launchpad's contribution to it. And uh, that was fun. That was a fun one. Yeah. yeah. Amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, and if money was no issue, what would you like to see brought to this city or changed with this city? Oh, God, money's not an issue. Money's not an issue, so we could do anything. And we could do anything. Yeah. And what are we doing in this city? We, this is a good This is a good question. We didn't plan. Like, he yeah, was going to yeah. show me the questions before, but I, I, I asked him not yeah, to. Exactly. Which, it likes to be spontaneous and off the fly. So I, I don't want to put too much thought into it. So yeah. if there's no money, sorry, no money required, what are we bringing into the city? That would make it awesome. Oh my God, that's such a great question. Okay, so this is always, this is what I would like to do. Yeah. I would want to eliminate all uh, motor vehicle traffic from the downtown core. Okay. And turn it into a real legitimate uh, pedestrian village. Amazing. And have uh, trains, like a uh, train set up so that there's certain corridors that you could come in from. You could jump on those trains and it'll literally like drop you off at multiple places. Almost like a, like a subway system or something. Like Almost that. like an above ground subway system, yeah. right? Because I'd want them to be those fun, like really fun ones like you see like in San Francisco or something like that. Yeah. You yeah. jump on one of those. doesn't cost you a thing. And you just there. Absolutely free. You get around. It gets you around to where you want to go. There's big, giant parking lots outside the downtown core where you can leave your vehicle, jump onto one of the trains, and always, head on in. Like, I've always thought, like, and I think Sebury, like downtown Sebury, got there a little bit with the patios that extended out, yeah. and, like with the. But like, why don't we have a cobblestone street? Like, why can't we just? We used to. Yeah, like, like they they paved over them. But like, no, but like, <laughs> like actually, like, there's no traffic. There's no cars that. Are oh, I know, I know, like, I know. It's a market that's yeah. open or whatever. Like, like to me, it's just like I would love to be a shop on there. Like, oh. is, is the downside that? there's no profit like i think it's cars. because maybe there's that struggle for parking already i mean you go to downtown kingston and it's beautiful oh, man, like places like like i think montreal like, oh, like walking these cobblestone streets oh, you're connected with like oh my god so much it's, it's yeah. an amazing experience who knows what the exact uh, reason is um 
I guess we'll have to uh, touch base with Jason Farragut. So yeah, that's who what we work with the uh, Sudbury Transit was Michelle Farragut, and Jason uh, uh, Jason Farragut does a lot of the planning for the city. I think he's the head planner for the oh, city. To this, yeah, the Jason, that's, that's we've got <laughs> questions. Money's no issue there. So so yeah, like and the, just to kind of finish off the interview too, I want to finish with a little bit of rapid fire. <laughs> okay, let's with do it. Awesome. All right, let me like hold on. Get, get in the rapid fire oh, position. Yeah. I'm stretching right now. For those of you just listening, all right. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Feeling good? All right, okay, I'm good. Favorite Sudbury coffee shop? Why? Don't do this to me. Don't <laughs> do this to me. Okay, uh, Old Rock and Cup of Joe. Old Rock, um, downtown on uh, Minto Street, okay. and then Cup of Joe. Cup of Joe, yeah, and that's where I, I usually will pop in an old rock, and like for some reason it's like you were always there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love it there. That's my morning part of my morning routine. And Cup of Joe too. I, I think every time I've been at Cup of Joe, I've been there as well, <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, favorite restaurant? Oh, you're killing me! You're you're a, you're you're a, a killer. Yeah, you're a killer. To, I don't want you to like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're gonna get me <laughs> get you in trouble. trouble. Like, what's your favorite date spot, or like if? Uh, oh, what's a date? I don't know what this date thing is. The seer, just always single, just like hanging out. <laughs> my favorite date spot is like at home on my couch watching Netflix. Uh, yo, Red Fang's dope. Like, Red I mean, how do you? How do you like? They, awesome atmosphere, food's amazing. They set a, a real high standard, but I mean, there's there's a lot of great places in the city, a lot of restaurants. Yeah. Yeah. If you, what's the theme song to your life? <laughs> oh, so this is a great question. Okay, so if you go to my Instagram, my Instagram's Cliff Notes. Make sure you follow me. Turn it's notifications awesome. yeah, on. Yeah. Thank you. I put a lot of work and effort into it. Um, but you'll notice I've got this thing on my description. It says robot mode. Okay. okay? And it has a little robot icon. And you're like, what is that? Right? Let me tell you what that is. When I was a little kid, one of the my favorite movies of all time was T2. Okay. Terminator 2. Now, there used to be... Okay, okay. Okay. So whenever I didn't want to do something, like I was nervous about it, but I had to do it. I would go into this thing I call robot mode, which is T2. But in Terminator 2, there's a theme music that plays and it goes, didn't, 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 didn't. Do you remember this? I think so, yeah. I think so. So just look up T2 theme music. That plays in my head so often because there's so many times I have to do something I, I'm nervous about or I don't have the energy for. And so I just flick on robot mode and that song starts playing. I start seeing things on my screen like... So that's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Do you have the biggest pet peeve? I've got okay. So again, ah, these are good questions, David. Uh so so funny. We did our staff party the other day, and we do like our our version of like a Dundee award, right? And so my award that I got is has the most pet peeves while simultaneously being capable of triggering the most pet peeves. <laughs> I actually can see that. It's like... <laughs> the Michael Scott giving out the Dundies as well? Or? No, Jill does that. Okay. Um, yo, like, I am a very positive person. Yeah. But I'm also a giant hypocrite. <laughs> and we all are. And nobody wants to admit it. You need to admit it. You need to admit it. If you're listening, admit it. You're a hypocrite. We're all hypocrites. All we can do is try to catch ourselves as many times as yeah. possible, right? We have biases, so many internal biases. So I could be a hypocrite at times. And yes, I have incredible, incredible pet peeves. And my number one pet peeve is bad storytellers. Bad storytellers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of them. Like, it's yeah. something that, like, I want to work on my personal storytelling and things like mm. that. Because I think, like, selling through storytelling, like, not that I, my goal is to sell, but, like, 
that's an area that needs to have a lot of work. Yeah, there. and just not being aware when you're, you're like, if your story is taking a dive, read the room, cut out, pull the parachute, <laughs> just give up on the story. You don't have to finish the story. You don't have to. Yeah. If it's done, it's done. And you're like, everyone's eyes are glazed over. Nobody's making eye contact with you. You're the story's over, man. <laughs> just <laughs> on yeah. to the next chapter. Let it yeah. go. All right, sorry. Favorite no. season. Summer. Summer? Yeah. Sure. Just because yeah. you're checking on the beaches or what? Wow. No, not necessarily. It's just warm. I like it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, wolves or the five? Five. Five? Yeah. And who's your favorite player this year or a player from last year? Oh, don't do that to me. That's that's a that's a that's a tough <laughs> one. Yeah, don't make me. Oh, Grandy's my boy. So Grandy, Grandy is Grandy Glaze is the dude I built the biggest bond with. I'd say yeah. we stay in contact. I I like watching him go around the world and do all. He's a wild guy. He's amazing. I heard <laughs> they almost got. We we were, so we were so close. We were so close. It didn't. So yeah, Grandy's probably the dude I'm the tightest with and and i i just love that guy he's just wow what a what a cool dude man amazing and last but not least if you had Sudbury's attentions for 30 seconds what would you say oh that's a friggin question and a half round that's not a rapid fire question that's a, like i need to spend the next month thinking about this if i had okay oh jesus murphy let's take some calculated risks Take some calculated risk. Yeah, it's again, this is like fortune favors the bold. Yeah. We have to be bold. Uh, we have to make some noise. Uh, that requires us taking some chances. And uh, let's just be open to change. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the mic today, Cliff. I think it was a, an awesome, awesome interview. I hope everybody at home loved it. Share it. You know, follow us on Instagram. Yeah, do all that cool stuff, Cliff, man. Follow Cliff on Cliff Notes. Cliff Notes on my Instagram, Cliff Skeletor on my Twitter. Yeah, just go launch bad creative. Whatever, yeah. Okay. Awesome, guys. Thanks for listening. Until next time, we'll check you later. Peace. Correct response. What is my hometown, Sudbury, Ontario?